we're going to spend some time talking about missions again and ministry. Last week, we heard from Brian and how things are going in Guatemala. Uh, we have a team, a missions team, that's going to be going down to Guatemala in October, October 10th. If you're part of that team, just uh, raise your hand. Let's see who's all here this morning. We've got a few of those people in here. Julie's next door. There's a group of 14 of us going from, from Big Bear to Guatemala for uh, um, about eight days. And I didn't see your hand go up there, Pat. But you're going all right, okay, all right. And 14 of us going down there. And um, so that's going to be a great time. And so this morning, just this week, actually, when I was probably finally got a little bit of Wi-Fi, I got a special prayer request from Jason Friend. Jason Friend's one of the missionaries that we support also. He spent many years in Costa Rica. Uh, He developed the largest um, uh, traveling crusade ministry in all of Central America. Um, At times, 100,000 people would show up for this. God has been using him in great ways. He's been, of course, on TV and Hour of Power and things like that. But he's been doing a lot of crusades. God has opened doors for him to be in Cuba which has been really hard and closed down up until, and it still is very difficult, but God has been giving him some open doors. So I got a prayer request from him the other day, and he says, sometimes we forget that we're in the midst of a spiritual battle and that there are principalities of darkness that seek our demise, destruction, and even death. And it's true. It's true. We live in a spiritual kingdom. And, and maybe for some of you, you go, well, that just sounds a little ooey for me. I don't know about that. The Bible says it makes it very clear we are spiritual beings in a spiritual kingdom. And so he says, I'm going to ask to, uh, you to pray with us. As you may know, I'll be speaking at the National Youth Convention, the 100th anniversary of the Assemblies of God, which is the, a very big convention. He's going to be speaking to the youth there. And then he goes the next day straight to Cuba. And usually when he's in Cuba, he's speaking to thousands of people. And we've seen, he's seen hundreds and hundreds of get, uh, get saved at these. He says, the enemy knows this. And just yesterday, the front axle of our car snapped in half. He says, I've never seen anything like it. By the grace of God, there were no injuries. And so, you know, as he's going, we need to be praying for our missionaries. We need to be praying for one another because there is a real battle. We live in a spiritual kingdom, and it's wonderful to encourage one another, but we need to pray for one another because we live in a spiritual kingdom. So be thinking about our missionaries and ministers. Be praying for, for you know, Brian as he's here, as he's going back. Um, just keep all those people, but pray for one another as, as each and every one of us in here are called to be ministers. Amen? All of us are the ministers. It's not the people who stand in front of the church that are ministers. In fact, the Bible makes it very clear that he says, God called some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So in a sense, those that stand up front, those are the ones that we're supposed to be equipping the saints, which is all of us, for the works of ministry. So you're in the ministry. And so we need to be praying for one another because you're in places that only God has, God has put you there because only you can minister there. Perhaps it's in your family, in your work situation. Wherever it is, God has placed you strategically to be his ambassador, to be his vessel, to be a minister in whatever place. And so we want to be encouraging ministry. We want to be encouraging one another and praying for one another as we go because the enemy doesn't want uh, things to continue on. He doesn't want ministry to go. He wants to discourage. And I, I really feel like there's a lot of discouragement and t- depression and a heaviness that, that comes over at times. And so we want to really shake those things off and look to him and, and, and receive his life and his vision and not be under the circumstances. And that, that's even something we say, well, how are you doing? Not too bad, you know, you know, I'm, you know under the circumstances. Well, get out from under the circumstances, get on top of the circumstances, 
and, and let the Lord use you and minister and be, be watching out for one another. Um, you, know, if you, you know your friends, the people in your life group the best, and be watching their countenance. Be, be connected with them so you know how to pray and encourage one another because uh, we know how the enemy is. He says he's like a lion looking for someone to devour. Well, one of the things, strategies of a lion when he's going out on the hunt is to try to isolate somebody. They try to isolate their prey. They go into a big herd, and they, they just run and run and run, and they, they look for the one that runs off or gets legs behind, and that's when they go in for the kill. That's what the enemy does for us. He wants to isolate people, and once he gets them isolated, then he can have his way in their life. And that's an oh me, not an amen. So you don't want to be isolated. Don't let yourself get isolated. Watch for people who are beginning to pull away from fellowship. Maybe they haven't been at life group or they're not at church and, and they're pulling away from the places that they normally are. And you need to be very careful with them. You need to reach out and help them to get reinstated back into the flock, back into the fold, and so that they're not isolated because that's where the enemy really likes to pick us off. And he does it in some, some very crafty ways. Amen. And so, so we want to be keep praying for for the ministries that we have, that we're connected to as a body, those that you know, the people that are uh, doing things in your life, be praying and, and be connected. I'm going to sit down today uh, just because we've got some pictures and things we want to show. So, And this is what you know, the Lord was just showing me this week and, and uh, what's, been, what's going on. And so I thought I'd give a little update from... From, uh, from Mexico, I do have a few pictures. There's a lot more. There's been a number on Facebook. And uh, so, you know, you can always go there and take a look. But I've got a few I'm going to show in just a moment. I want to tell us about the, the church that we're connected to. And we'll keep it right here for just a minute. Hopefully they're not automatic. This is the church, Centro Familiar Cristiana, in Texcoco, Mexico. Now, Pastor Aaron de la Borda, who was here in February, and he's bringing another team, um, Primero Dios, God willing, in February. He's going to bring a, a team of six to come here. And they'll be ministering for a few days, and they'll be here. Um, one of the people they'll be bringing is the, the new associate pastor of the church, um, his son, uh, Esteban. But um, this work started now. Pastor Aaron has been in ministry for many, many years. And, in fact, we got to know a little bit more of his story. He was in Chiapas, which is right on the border of Mexico for a lot of years. And then um, God moved him out uh, closer to the Mexico City. And 18 years ago, he started... Uh, he got together. He, God brought him to Texcoco. He doesn't live there. It's actually about an hour, hour and a half from his house. God brought him to Texcoco, and he started a little Bible study with just a couple of women, like two or three. And um, this, is, this is about 18 years ago. And so they began to meet, um, and right away there was a, a brother who had some property. He wasn't coming himself to the Bible study, but he heard that they were meeting and that, that Aaron was beginning a church. And so he had a little back storage room is what we've, oh, you know, we've, we've kind of known in the past. Well, the storage room was actually the chicken coop. I mean, it was inside the house, and it was a, like a storage room. It was a, bo- a bodega. And so he cleaned out the chicken coop, oh, if you can do that. And he said, you can have this little tiny room to meet in. And so that was the beginning of the church in Texcoco. And so they began to meet there. Now, the women, they'd all come from Catholic families. There was a heavy Catholicism. And their husbands would not let them go to an evangelical church. So Pastor Aaron started his service at 7.30 in the morning to line up with one of the Catholic masses. And the women would tell their husbands that we were going to mass. And so that was the beginning of the church there in Texcoco. 
And so they would, and, and it was just women at the beginning. Now, um, Brother Martin, who first gave this little room, is still there. He's in his late 80s or early 90s now. Um, and one of the women who was in the original Bible study uh, is also still there. So that was 18 years ago. Around the same time, there was a couple in our church, Jan and Clifford Larson. And I, d- I didn't get a picture of them up, but they were here in the, uh, in the 90s. Um, they had been missionaries in South America and in Mexico for many years, and they knew Aaron de la Borda. And we were about to have a missions convention, and this probably was about 19, I'm going to say 1997, Shan, does that sound about right? We had a real big missions convention and, and had a week long where all of our missionaries came and spoke each one night. And, pastor, and Clifford Larson uh, connected with Aaron ahead of time and says, you know, there's a pastor I'd like you to meet, a church I'd like you to meet. I think you guys would really, really uh, flow well together. And so he introduced Pastor Jeff Dunnell and and Aaron de la Borda, and we brought Aaron to the missions convention that week, and that was our first exposure to him. And he came up, and he had just started his church, and I remember I was, you know, I was uh, about, probably about 26, 27, uh, and he came, and he, he preached the word. Now, we'd had ministers every night that week, and it was, I think, a Thursday night by the time Aaron came and spoke. And we, every night we took an offering for the mission and ministry that was there. And, you know, you have a missions convention. You have the same people coming out every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, the funds start drying up. Amen? You know, you go, man, are we going to take offerings every night? Well, yeah, that's what you do at a missions convention. And so by Thursday, four nights into the missions convention, Aaron de la Borda came, and he, and he preached in Spanish, had it translated, and his offering was the biggest offering of the week. And it was because the hearts of the people got instantly connected, and there was just something there. And from that day on, we've been working with um, Texcoco, Mexico, Pastor Aaron de la Borda, and all the work that they were doing down there. So this church started in in Brother Martin's little tiny uh, bodega. And as time went on, he began to, Brother Martin began to um, rent more space to, to the church. And... You know, over the years, over the last 18 years, room by room, area by area, Brother Martin actually began to then first rent and then began to sell. Well, I'll sell you this part and then I'll live over here. And his area to live in got smaller and smaller and smaller, and the church grew and grew and grew and grew. And now today, the church owns the entire property. Brother Martin and his horrible barking dog have a little tiny space. His dog barks all night long at nothing and uh, we stay at the church and so so i mean it was just oh lord i wish it was like a big german shepherd so so anyway so he's living in a little tiny room that he's just and then and soon he'll be actually moving off and moving in with like a, a brother or something and so this is the front of the church now um the the church goes a little bit to the left but only about not quite the same space as you see there, and that's the beginning of the carport. So it's not very wide, but it goes back about 200 feet. And so the sanctuary area holds, um, you know, I, I think it's a, about 200 people, and it's just grown and grown and grown. Go, to, go to the next picture. And so the very first thing we did this morning, that's Pastor Aaron teaching um, to just one of the smelt sections, and I wish I would have known that. Go to the next picture. I think it's the one I want. And, oh, we're going to have to find it. So the first morning we get there, they're having a baptism. And they have a platform. Their actual room is about 15 feet wider than ours and about 30 or 30 feet longer than ours. So it's a good-sized room. And their whole platform at the front 
is on wheels. And they move it out to the side so they can do their baptisms. And then they move the stage back in. And so over the years, they've just really upgraded the building. Um, and, uh, and they've just grown. It's now it's running, uh, I think, 200 or so people in each service. Um, the day we got there, they, they did seven baptisms. About 15 people joined the church. And that's what we see here. Go ahead and go to the next picture, Celeste. And that's, the, that's their Sunday morning service. And uh, that's not the whole sanctuary, but that's, that's a good portion of it. So just really full. Um, as, as Brother Martin has given them more space, they, they're up to, I think, seven salas, salons, uh, rooms for the kids' ministry. Uh, there's a ton of kids, of course, there. And so, you know, the ministry down there has, has grown. And it's, we've been connected to that since the very beginning. Our hearts were knit, knit together in a very special way. In fact, when they made their first purchase to begin to get into the building that they're in, um, our church uh, made a big, uh, you know, we came up with a big offering, came in with a big down payment to help that. Since then, we've also sent a lot of mission teams down there. Over the ca- past uh, 16 years, we've sent a lot of groups, and a number of the people who've gone down are, are here this morning. I know Bob and Jolene uh, went down there. Sarah Hastings has just gone down there. Um, of course, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Mike, and Trish. Um, if anyone, anyone else in the room who's ever gone on one of the trips to Mexico? Um, a lot of the people aren't here this morning. We've taken, taken a number of trips, and we will continue to do that. Just shortly after they launched this church, they found there was another area that's about an hour away, 45 minutes away, and it's called Cuatro, Cuatro Vientos. It means the four winds. And Pastor Aaron really had it on his heart to, to launch a church there, so they went up there. And you guys were in Cuatro Vientos, right, towards the beginning. When they first started this church, they had no building. Somebody let them use their yard. They had two walls and a, pl- and a tarp, and that was the church. They had no bathroom. You had to use the house bathroom. In fact, one of the families there that was, was still there to this day, brother, um, you know, Señor Carnitas, um, he's a, he, he makes carnitas for a living, and he makes carnitas for us every time we go. We, we eat very well. They take very good care of us that way. He and his family are there. Is, one of his sons is the assistant pastor and on the worship team, so they've been there ever since the, they launched that. Um, Daniel, all those guys that you guys should probably remember, they're doing very well. So it started there. In fact, what they decided to do, and you know, imagine you're living in a house, and there's a church over here. And you say, you know, I think it'd be a lot better. Why don't you just take my house and I'll move in over there? And that's what somebody did. They says, you know, just I think it'll be better for you just to take my place and then and th- this will be better for the church and then I'll move in there. And this is how their hearts work. They just want to see the kingdom of God established. Now at the time, all the roads were, were dirt, really, which meant mud, especially in the rainy season. There was very few people living out there. Very, it still is to this day very, very, very poor. But somebody knew, and it wasn't just from God, they actually knew that the government had a plan because Mexico City is so populated that they were actually going to begin to build um, inexpensive homes, if you will, in, in, in the area out there and start shipping people and hoping that people from the city would move out there. And so before any of these, because the construction began, they established the work at Cuatro Vientos. And now there are thousands, tens of thousands of homes and people living in the area. And you guys would be amazed that whole, when you come out of the church and look to the right where it used to be nothing, there is not an empty space. That's all homes now. And so God has put them there, and they're beginning to, you know, they're trying to reach 
reach the lost. So that's Cuatro Vientos. We'll go to some other pictures and see see some of the pictures and see on that. These are the people just receiving prayer after the baptism. You can go and keep going. And one more. This is uh, Esteban and his wife. They've been pastoring the church in Cuatro Vientos for a few years now. And it looks like there's a transition probably happening. They're going to be coming to Tex. They're coming to Texcoco. They're going to be pastoring both places. They're going to be senior pastors in Cuatro Vientos, and then they're going to be associate pastors in Texcoco. And then I believe that will, what will happen shortly is that the transition will happen, and he'll become the new senior pastor, taking his dad's place. Pa- uh, pastor Aaron is 69 years old, and he is out five nights a week running to four different churches because he pastors four different churches. He's amazing. He's an amazing man of God. Let's go on. So this is the installation. This is uh, Pastor Aaron, one of the, the elders there, um, talking about their installation as associate pastor. And go to the next one. Esteban couldn't even talk. He says, do you want to say anything? And he was just, you know, full, full of uh, emotion. So it was a great, great time in the Lord. And there was some prophecy and some words and some prayer. Let's go to the next picture there. Um, now, this is Cuatro Vientos. And uh, this, this was a trip, I'm not sure when. This was after they finally did have a building of somewhat. Um, and the, the team that went there. And this is today. Go to the next one. So that's the same exact front. They moved the whole door. They've uh, re- fixed it up on the outside, planted the trees. The, the door to get in is now just a little bit to the right. And as you see all the bars coming up, they now have a plan. They've already started. They're going to build a second floor over the whole thing. And they're going to put the sanctuary up top, and they're going to have the downstairs salon for rooms. Um, the, the bathrooms, were th- did they even have bathrooms when you guys went, or did you have to use the neighbor still? Yeah, still to use the neighbor. They, they actually have bathrooms. They have a boy's and a girl's bathroom. I don't know if there's a picture of that. Let's go, there might even be a picture there. Um, that's the pastor, his wife, uh, Esteban and his wife, and her father. Let's go to the next one, and I think I put, there they are. Sanitarios, caballeros, and damas. And when we were there, it was, it was the last time, two years ago, it was just, you know, plywood walls. And it was it, very uncomfortable to use the bathroom. I mean, right in the kind of in the middle of all the, all the rooms and stuff, and they just kind of close the plywood door that's, you know, short and, and do your business. And so, you know, it's, it, you know God's, that's really kind of nice. Uh, let's go see what the next picture is. And Okay, so it's all stops there. So that's the work that's been going on at Cuatro Vientos. In order to do that, we put a, a big down payment on part of the property. And so we've been connected there. You're, you've been connected. The things that you've sowed in the offerings in the past, if you've been here, um, have built two churches. Now, this is another new church that was already established. This is in, in, Cueva, uh, in Cuevas. Um, recently, they, had a, they, ha- they lost their pastor. And so they called Pastor Aaron and said, will you come and be our pastor? So now he's traveling to another place um, to, to be their pastor while they look for a new one. And so I had the opportunity to come and, and minister here. Let's go to the next picture and we'll see. This is part of your new extended family because, see, we're connected here. This isn't just a mission, a ministry that we've supported over years, but they really look to us. Our name is on all their documentation. We're connected there. Um, they're, they're coming up, and, and Aaron is just continuing to grow. There's a little bit more that's going to happen here. So that's, that's part of the family, and then we'll go to the other side of the church. And uh, one more click, and that's the other part of the family. The right side, they're blurry. They're not very good people over there, I guess. <laughs> you know, but, um, and so this church, this work is, is growing already, and I had the opportunity to go ahead and bring the word. Um, and just a, a great group of people. Um, and so you're connected. You're, you, your ministry is reaching beyond your chair. 
And, but I, I, I encourage you to pray for these people that we're connected to and also begin to say, wow, look at what they're doing. You know, the, the, this church started with just a few people in a chicken coop, and now they're, they're connected. And, and one of the people um, that we'll see here in a few minutes, um, Brother Pastor Bernardino, like San Bernardino, he came into the pastor's conference, and that's the reason we went down to go uh, teach in a pastor's conference. He came all the way from Chiapas, which was 18 hours by bus, across Mexico, I mean, very far. He and his wife came, and they attended the, the, um, the pastor's conference. And, and actually, the reason he came, because he was already connected with Aaron. Aaron used to be his pastor when Aaron was pastoring those churches in Chiapas. Now, Bernardino is, is pastoring 16. He's not pastoring all, but he's overseeing 16 churches. And um, they, something has come up, and they've actually asked Pastor Aaron now to oversee all 16 of those churches as well. And so, so the work has just grown to 20 churches overnight. And there's a trip actually um, November, October 29th and through November 2nd in Chiapas, which is only 15 minutes over the Guatemalan border. I'm like, I'm going to be there on the 18th. I'm so torn to just stay another two weeks so I can go where they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. The church is over there, which is really exciting because we are celebrating our 50th anniversary next year as a church. Uh, tr- technically, it's this year, but we became incorporated in, in, in 1964, so we're going to have a nice big celebration next year. 50 years, Big Bear Christian Center has been established here in Big Bear. And so you're part of something that's been going on uh, in, in some amazing ways. So let's, let's see what other kind of pictures there's. There's not, there's not too many more. You don't want to see that one. That's just me preaching. But, but the guy on the right, if we go, I don't know if you can go back in this. Um, the, the interpreter there, it, we had just met him this day. I had cr- another guy, Chris, who was doing a, a pretty good job. Um, but this, this young man had lived in Phoenix, Arizona for six years. And so he, he had, he, his English was pretty good, and he knew a lot of the idioms and stuff. So we threw him up there. He had never done it before, but he became our, our interpreter on the spot, which is how we roll. So let's go see what else we have. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the ministry there and tie it into what God is doing. One of the things that is on Aaron's heart is always is about leadership development. But leadership development is all about character development. He meets with his leaders every Sunday morning, you know, I hope you never think that we have long services. They, they get there at 7 in the morning, and their first meeting is, is 7.30 for the leaders meeting. And I still don't even understand how it all works, but they have Sunday school, worship, preaching, something else, and they don't usually get done until about 2 in the afternoon. And so they're the, if, you're, and if you're a leader, you're there setting up. And doing things even earlier than that. But so if, you, if, you're, if you're in any type of leadership position, um, you're there from about 7 or 7.30 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. Wow. And we start looking at our watch pretty soon going, you know, I, I feel like it's close to 11. And he's usually wrapping up about now. And are we going to get out of here? And so, you know, but, but uh, so he's always developing his leaders, and, and it's all about life's life and character. It's the, the next few pictures are just some of his leaders that show up at the 7 o'clock um, thing. He's got a great board of elders. Some of those are, are in here. Go to the next picture. But the, and uh, that's one of his elders. Uh, he's also a preaching pastor, and uh, he is a great Gustavo. He will actually be here in February, Primero de Dios, and, uh, and I've asked him to, to bring one of the words. He had a great word about marriage. And so um, he's, got, he's surrounded by a great bunch of men. 
Uh, let's see what the next picture is so we can talk about it. This is Pastor Bernardino and Olga, his wife, from Chiapas. They oversee 16 churches. They're busy. They're busy. Amen. Let's go. One more. All right. This is just a group of leaders that, that well, one of the places we ate, um, that they invite us over to the house. They are, of all people, the most hospitable. Uh, if you've ever spent any time in Latin American culture, you know that they are very, very hospitable. They made feasts for us all the time. They have a saying down there, mi casa su casa. You've heard that? They mean it. Literally. We have watched where when we showed up, they left their home for the week. They left their home to give it to us so we could stay in their home, and they bunked in with their neighbors or friends. When they say mi casa su casa, they really mean it. They are so hospitable. They kill the fatted calf for you. And in our case, they killed the fatted lamb. And I, I spared you the pictures, but if you want to see them, you can go to, to Facebook. Um, they actually killed a couple of lambs for us, and they put them in a big hole, covered it up, <laughs> covered it up with uh, uh, cactus leaves, and cooked it. And we have some pictures and video when we unveiled it. I was like, this is exciting. What are we doing? And they started explaining what they had done. And they started lifting off the leaves. And lo and behold, there are two lambs that they were just cooked in this hole. And, and uh, in order to, to, to get the little lamb, hopefully none of you are vegetarians, we, you just grab your tortilla. And you reach in there and just grab a big chunk of the meat and, and that's it. But, but you don't just get the taco with the, the meat. Go ahead and go to the next picture. You get some of this sauce. This is the worm sauce, which is called chini quill. And those, are, those actually are mealworms in the sauce. So you have to put some of that on your taco. And, of course, the, the really tasty stuff is the next picture. And, and, and it's this, little di- this big dish here. And, and it, yeah, they got the guacamole going for sure. Um, this is called escamole. Does anyone know what escamole is? Escamole. What is it, Robert? He might not know what it is. It's ant eggs. Ant eggs. It's very yummy. It's very. It's a very expensive. This isn't something you eat in the bush. This is a delicacy. In fact, we found out later um, that if you went into a restaurant that served escamole and got a taco, it would be about fifteen U.S. dollars for a taco. Eskimos, it's a very expensive dish, and they so they bring out the and the worm the worm sauce the chini quill is also because you got to think you got to harvest all these little worms to make your little worm sauce, and so so they bring out they don't spare any, they just lavish we 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 felt very 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 spoiled, um, and and they just love to do that so so there we go we got some ant eggs some worm sauce, and then even one morning their their hospitality and their their generosity is amazing now you know mexico where we were at this is they have engineers they have um uh professors from the university where the the church in texcoco has all types of people just like here so we're texcoco is not like a poor poor town in fact it's kind of uh, a tourist town so there is you know there's definitely some some financial means it's i still think that their, their riches are, are not compared to ours but um, so, so they really blessed us. And one of the men, Angel, who is one of his pastors and leaders, he took us on a very special trip. Go to the next slide. Um, they took us on a hot air balloon trip. In, uh, at 6 a.m., they said, they, weren't, they didn't tell us. They said, just be ready at 6 a.m., wear your jacket. And we have a surprise. So we, 
we get out, and, and I mean, our days are long. They're, they're early, they're long, and we just wanted to sleep. But, and they wouldn't tell us where we were going, and so we drive for 45 minutes, and, and he shows up here, and we fly over the pyramids in, Tex- in Mexico City, and it was just amazing. And so they really are amazing people who are so selfless. And I was looking around, and there were so many people cleaning and ministering. And you know, every day, they actually, one of the things they did there is the, the building is now three stories. There's an apartment on the third story for, for guests or for Pastor Aaron when, he's, when he's, he has a lot of meetings back to back. And so they give us this apartment, and it's, it's very nice. It's tiled and has a couple of bedrooms. So we slept there. And every day, one of the servants from the church, one of the, the you know, Los Siervos, they came and they cleaned our room every day. Um, there was just a group of people constantly moving and working. And it was amazing, amazing how many people they had. And I, and I asked, I said, well, you know, how many people are about in the church? They said, around 300. And I said, well, how many, you know, people serving in, in some type of ministry or another? And I think it was 111. I went, that's like 30-some percent of people. And I was just like, that's amazing. And to have so many people. But when I, when I returned home, and was just, just wanted to share the story and talk about, you know, the, the wonderful time and the people that we're connected to, that you've had a part in helping to develop. Um, there's people saved. They, they, they've launched other churches. They, one of the people that was in their church went to the other side of the, the, the capital city, and he started a church and a radio station. And so, you know, it's really the work is just growing and growing and growing, and we've been a small part of that. Um, we helped them in the beginnings. Now they pay for our airfare to go down there. And so it's quite amazing. Um, so things have, have turned around to come and preach in their pastor's conference. And Pastor Jeff and I were going, why are we here? We have nothing to offer. These guys, they're pastoring multiple churches. But, you know, we just come down there and really what we're there is just to bring encouragement and love. And, and so we, we did that um, and, you know, in our messages. But, uh, and I began to, so we get home and I was really thinking of what a wonderful church we had. And, and, and I started writing all the names of the people who serve here. And it took me a long time because so many of you surf. And, and, and I came up with nearly, nearly 50 names from this church that are serving on a regular basis, from bringing snacks to, to leading a life group, running sound or on the worship team, running next door with the kids. We have a church that is full of people that are serving God. And I am so thankful to be part of this congregation. And you pour your hearts out. And, and, and I am so thankful to be a part and I just want to encourage us to, to, to we can't give up yet because there's a lot more to do. Um, but we want to we want to continue to reach our community and God willing, he's going to give us op- continue to give us opportunities to do that and be connected. But I want I really wanted to close this by encouraging you that well done, good and faithful servants. You're 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 putting your your uh, shoulder to it. Uh, you're serving and and praise God for that um, right now. This morning, my youngest, Samuel, is sick. And so Shannon had to stay home, and she's on. she was scheduled for Kids Zone. So I was going to have all the kids stay in here. And, um, and I know you would have loved that. Actually, we, we may have gotten a new Kids Zone worker out of this if I would have let them stay because you'd see, you know, it's hard to be in there. We, you know, and we have, we have four people serving in Kids Zone. We're actually looking for, for one more in Kids Zone to do like the fifth Sunday. And we're in, in real need of one or two people in the nursery right now. Um, the people have been working in the nursery. Uh, I'm looking at three of them right now. And they've been in there a long time. 
and they're getting a little tired, and they serve faithfully. So if that's something that you think God could use you to be in, in there or, or get into a partnership and be in the nursery in Kid Zone, um, it'd be a wonderful thing. And so this morning I, I show up, and, and Julie, who was on the worship team this morning, I, she, she asked a question about whether Shannon could pick up her kids on the way to church. I said, Shannon can't come. The kids are sick. And I said, we don't even have kids on this morning. She goes, I'll do it. You know, the last time that happened, Gary and, and Anita went next door, and they did it. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes people call in sick. And so it was wonderful. She just, she just jumped up, and, and so that's why she ran out right after worship. That's why the kids stayed so long. And she just, she's in there serving. And we have a church that's, that's full of people. And, and this is a wonderful thing because God's doing things. We're a, we're a family. You know, when you're part of the family, you've got to clean the dishes. You've got to vacuum the floors. You've got to fix the things on the house that are broken down, right? I mean, you don't get to just come and enjoy the dinner all the time. In fact, if you do, you know that the other parts of the family are talking about you. You know, going, yeah, there's Larry. Larry just comes when we have food, and he never does anything when we have a work day. You know, you don't want to be Larry. You know, so, so you know, we want to be involved and, and, uh, and because we are part of, the, part of the family, so there's things going on here. But there's ministry that's being done here and in other places. And I want to encourage that, to, that you continue to pray and say, God, where would, you, where would you have me serve? How could I serve and, and what are you calling me to? I had a conversation with uh, Jessica Bailey yesterday and, and talking about, you know, in, you know, it would be wonderful if we could see everybody in the church serving in two ways. The one way, the first way is doing something that they love to do. Because, you know, I mean, that's great. If you can do ministry and do something that you love to do. But unfortunately, there are jobs that nobody loves to do. So really, what, what, what is really what we're looking for is like everyone to be serving in something that they're loved and gifted to do. And then everyone gets to serve in something that they don't love and they're not gifted to do, but needs to get done. You know, who really likes to clean out the refrigerator, you know? That's, wow, Jennifer's on. She can come to my house anytime. You know, you take out the jelly with all the gloops on it, and you wash that, and you pull everything out, and you wash all the, the, the shelves. I mean, that's just not much of a fun job, but you do it every, every year, amen? And so, so Tom's also volunteering to do the fridge. Yes, Tom? Well, I was going to talk to you about that later, uh, but I've got a present for you, too. So he told me, you know, so I've got something for you from him. And so, so... You know, but, but when I started writing down the names, I went, wow. And I, and I, I was going to read them, and I thought, I'll miss some. Because there's other people that are doing things that are even behind the scenes, maybe they don't even know. And I wouldn't want to admit, but I was just amazed at how many names when I thought of people who come um, and show up to empty the trashes and move the trash cans. Or they're, they're making signs for us or doing our bulletin. They, you know, people slip in, do the bulletin, and slip out. Um, you know, then there's, of course, we know those that are serving in front because, you know, they, they're already getting their reward. In fact, you know, I mean, if you're serving in a big front thing, you know, you've already got your reward because it's up front. But there's all those people that are serving and, and their reward is so hidden. And, you know, I'm so thankful for that. I thought we are a blessed congregation. We have, we have a wonderful family. I'm so thankful for you. This has been a very interesting service. I just wanted to share some, some of our trip from Mexico. Encourage us that, that what we do here is not in vain. It affects more than you realize. You know, the kids are being ministered to next door. Nicole has an amazing amount of kids in her room today. I don't know where they all came from. You know, but I think she had some, uh, some helpers in there too. But I'm like, I kept looking by and going, wow, there's more bodies in there than we've had in a long time. And, and those kids, they're, they're getting the word poured into them. 
There's life groups. There's people getting prayed for and, and people walking through the difficult times. And we're all part of that. And we have an amazing body. And let's keep, let's keep it up and be looking to minister to one another, min- serve one another. And maybe in that time, God, how can I serve? How can I be connected and, and not, not be real selfish? And that's one thing that, that our culture breeds is selfishness. And we have to fight against it all the time. And we're just going to, it's a very simple service, but um, just thought we'd just have a family time this morning. Father, you are so very good. And Father, I'm reminded the, of the Philippians where he said that I always thank my God in every prayer with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Lord, I thank you for this amazing church who's been connected and and partnering in the gospel with people around the world. Father, the Jason Friends and the Brian Taylors and the Aaron De La Bordas and even Shannon and I as we served in Guatemala from this church. Father, that, that you've sent people out and that they've connected and we've served together in the work of the gospel. Lord, and, and Lord, we would pray that you would continue to do a work in this place that we might continue to help and support ministries and missions around the world, Lord. But God, we'd also pray that you would give us our community for Jesus. Father, that this place would be full, not for, for body's sake and not for being full sake, but for the sake of the gospel, that people would be here and being encouraged and loved on and, and challenged to grow in their faith and, and helped and discipled to not walk in the ways of the world, but, but be, really to be different so that they can walk through the difficult times that are coming. God, we, I am blessed among men to be part of this congregation. We thank you for the gifted teaching that you have, even, even as uh, people like Pastor Floyd or Pastor Jeff come and share the word um, for the leadership, for those that are serving behind the scenes. And God, I'd pray that you would help each of us discover, each of everyone in this room, discover their place in the body of Christ here. God, that we would continue to establish the kingdom in this place, in this city, and that the gospel is preached and that the lost are saved and that people grow one step closer to you. God, thank you for this informal time. I pray that, that you would just minister uh, to each heart, God, even if is when they came, this wasn't the, what they expected today, that you would just still minister to each and every heart. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive an offer.